0: Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. Welcome to the Astros Rays ALCS game three postgame show. A very, very sad one. And joining me as my co-host and regular sidekick, a fellow H-Town sports junkie and longtime journalist, Stephen Kerr. And Stephen, Ray Charles once said the lyrics, quote, hey, if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's appropriate. Very appropriate for what's happening right now with uh, the Astros. And I, I just, I don't know. It's a, it's the weirdest series that it, if they were just swinging at bad pitches and, you know, striking out left and right, you, you would say, well, the offense just isn't getting it done. But they're hitting the ball. They're just not getting the timely hits. And when they do get runners on base, they just can't come through. But you and I both know, Robert, that the real reason that this series is three games to none, as much as the fact that the Rays have gotten the timely hits, has been from a defensive standpoint on both sides.
0: Right, and that's exactly what I'll start off with because, you know, it's one thing for the Astros' season to basically be over, which it is. I mean, thirty seven and one, our team's records when they're up three to nothing, and and uh, we 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 know this is over with, but now we got to wonder. Is Jose Altuve over with? Will he ever be the same defensively? I mean, is this Steve Howe, Chuck Knobla disease? Is this going to change the course of his career and the Astros' future? I mean, this is much bigger than, you know, just this series.
1: Well, you know, Robert, I cover youth sports for a living. And I've talked to a number of coaches that talk to me about aiming the ball. And, of course, yeah, they're talking about kids. But this happens with big leaguers, too. And we're not just talking about pitchers, although pitchers can be thrown in there but we're talking fielders and and if you watch Jose Altuve when he's throwing the ball on those plays it it sure appears as that he is aiming the ball and it's usually it it's more of a psychological thing than anything else you're you're not confident in your throwing if you're a pitcher on the mound and you're just aiming the ball at the plate you're decelerating you're you're not having confidence in your throws and that to me seems like that that's it it's gotten into Altuve's head and that's where he is. I mean, the the good news is it hasn't affected his hitting, but it's still a very serious thing to watch when he's made three errors in two games. And while he didn't make an error during the postseason that I know of, Robert, you've talked about this before. He just doesn't look right for some reason at second base. So it is troubling, and it couldn't have come at a worse time for the Astros.
0: And if this is the beginning of the end for Altuve, you feel like the rug... Has just been ripped right out from under you twice this year as a Houston sports fan, losing DeAndre Hopkins for nothing and maybe losing in a different way Altuve. It's just, it's sort of devastating. It's just like, man, these guys don't come along all the time, these really special players. And, you know, the Houston fans loved both of these guys, not just because of who they were as players, but as people.
1: Well, that's exactly right. And Jose Altuve is is one of the the good guys, you know. And and you've rooted for him because of what he went through just to even get to the big leagues. We've heard the story many times, you know. But I guess the real conundrum, Robert, is that if he's still hitting at the plate, what do you do? Do you make him a DH? Do you just take the chance and put him at second? I mean, that's a that's a real dilemma if you think about it. Now, if he was if he was hitting 200 in the postseason. Or, you know, you get into next season and he continues to slump like he did in the regular season and he's still making those errors. Well, it, it's a it's a tough decision, but it's an easy decision. But if he's still doing it at the plate, I don't know. If, if you're Astros management, what do you do? Well, for the series, and, you know, like I said, it, it
0: feels like it's over with anyways, but for the series, you can put Miss Diaz out there at second base and he's played in this series a couple of different times and, and I'm glad he's playing instead of, uh, as much as we've seen Reddick this year, I just I'm not real thrilled or excited when he comes to the plate, especially when there's runners on base. But yeah, you could you could do that for this series. You could put Altuve at DH. But here's the deal: this is why I'm saying it could be the beginning of the end because if we're talking about career long um, moving him to DH, then you, no, no, you can't do that because you got Jordan Alvarez who you're paying on the cheap for the next five years to basically DH. I mean, I I don't see him as a regular in the outfield. He's got knee problems now. You want to do everything you can to extend this kid's career. And, you know, the the surgery could help on both of the knees, and, and it could be over with. But for the time being, you know, Jordan Alvarez is cheap, and he's a great hitter. He's a better hitter, not a better overall player, but he's a better hitter than Jose Altuve is because he's got the power and the extra base ability and he can do all those things.
1: Well, that's hard to argue with. And, uh, you know, the only thing we can hope for is that this is temporary. We just – we don't want to put him in that class of Steve Sachs or Chuck Knobloch and, you know, the, the number of pitchers that have gone through this, like Steve Blass and Rick Ankeel and some of these other guys that, you know, you hear about that have what they call the yips. I mean, that, that's the term we use – And whether it's temporary or whether it's going to be long-term, it it is definitely a concern. And it just, as I said earlier, couldn't have come at a worse time. You know, in in the previous game, he gave up that three-run homer as a result of it. And then in tonight's game, it just opened up the floodgates, and even the pitching went sour after that.
0: Well, I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, Jose Altuve's defense has given up more runs in this series than the Astros' starting pitching has.
1: Well, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, the, the bad inning notwithstanding, uh, you know, and, and then you, you throw in the, the Rays' outstanding defensive plays they made just in tonight's game. And when you talk about all three games in this series, but in tonight's game, it was even more ridiculous that saved the, uh, the, the Rays some runs. I mean, you had both those things up, and it's no wonder the Astros are down 3-0. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can
0: remember watching a playoff series where one team has dominated so much on the defensive side of the baseball. I mean, and, and maybe I i don't know if I can think of one where I've seen this good of defense all over the diamond, a short third. And then, you know, tonight it was Kiermaier and Renfro and, and they've done it all through the series as well. And you know, I mean, I hate to harp on it continually, but the difference in this series ba- difference in this series, is basically their defense versus Jose Altuve's defense.
1: Yeah, and in, I mean, in 2018, the Red Sox, they made some great plays in the outfield. But yeah, when you're talking about all over the diamond, I mean, even John Curtis, a relief pitcher, dives to his right and makes a play late in the game. You can add that to the list. You know, most of those guys probably wouldn't be able to make that play. But he did, it's just that, and you've talked about the defensive positioning, so some of that is with the Rays' defense and just how they played the Astros, but gosh, talk about going from like a pendulum from one extreme to the other, bad defense by the Astros, Jose Altuve in particular, outstanding defense from the Rays. You could just sum that up, and and that's what the series is all about. One thing that... You
0: look at, as far as the numbers go, that just hits you or smack dab in the face. Uh, you talk about timely hitting in this series. The Astros stranded 31 base runners through the first three games and are 4-for-24 with runners in scoring position. By the way, none of those four hits produced a run. And, Stephen, here's what I, I I just can't stand when when people put this up on Twitter or, you know, you hear this from the stat geek or whatever – and, and, I, and I commented on one particular when I, when I saw it uh, during this game. Expected batting average from a baseball that, you know, where you see, oh, well, that one is expected batting average of 840 that the Rays guy just caught. Well, the expected batting average of what? I mean, are they calculating in an incredible defensive player like a Kiermaier or, you know, some of the best defensive players? Or is that expected batting average from your average fielder, or about to me, expected you. you got to calculate who the fielder is, what the conditions are, you know, wh- what kind of scouting that the other team has defensively and how good they are at that. I, I, I doubt any of that is is uh, calculated into into this equation. So it it drives me nuts because I think it's just it's one of these stats that just it's it's you know these stat geeks love but it's just fake stats to me.
1: Well, help me out here, Robert. Have I been late to the party? When did this stat even come up? I haven't even started hearing about it until I think this postseason, and now all of a sudden I'm starting to hear about it. it, I mean, is this one that, that I've just been missing? I mean, I keep up with sports pretty regularly, but I don't remember hearing about this expected batting average until this postseason, really more in this series, and I think even in the last series against the A's, but man, when did they start keeping track of this stuff? I mean, I just... I just want to watch the game. I I guess if you're a numbers freak, well, more power to you. But I I just I I think sometimes we get too caught up in the numbers, and we don't appreciate the strat. We don't appreciate the plays that these guys make from a pure talent standpoint, or just from a pure standpoint that they're in the right place at the right time. It feels
0: like, and I don't think this is new for this year. I mean, I I seem to remember this being around maybe the last two or three years, maybe longer than that. I mean, I, I can't remember when I started hearing people quote this particular stat. But, you know, it, it, this is one of those numbers where I just think that they, they throw it out there, Stephen, uh, just to make themselves feel, you know, if you're a fan of that team or you're following that team or your media with the, with the team, and that, that's where I'm hearing it or where I'm seeing it more often – it's a way to make you feel a little bit better or, or like, look, that ball was supposed to drop. You know, that ball was supposed to be a base hit.
1: But it didn't. And if you're the Astros, it, it's not making you feel good at all. It's just making you more frustrated. So I guess it depends on what team you're on. <laughs> it's the re- you know, and that's what stats are. It Stats can either be a great thing or it can be a lousy thing, depending on which side you're on and, and who it's helping. You know, you, you can take the stat of... Teams who go up 3-0 are 37-1. and Well, you know, the Boston Red Sox back in 2004, uh, at that time, nobody had done it. I mean, nobody. So who gave the Red Sox a chance to come down for 3-0 against the Yankees? So it is possible that that eensy-teensy-weensy bit of remote possibility, the Astros do have it. And you know they've got to have that mindset going into this game or or the series will be over.
0: All right. I want to go back to before the game even started and hit on something that I think is really important and interesting. Dusty Baker decides to start Garneau over Martin Maldonado behind the plate. Dusty was asked why, and he pulled out an answer that gives the willies to every Astros fan older than 25 years old. He used a Jimmy Williams classic manager's decision. And that was his specific answer and then he went out and managed the game, Stephen, like he was Jimmy Williams, with some just idiotic and unnecessary pitching changes. And maybe they saw something in Jose Arquiti. But the guy had just thrown what looked and should have been a double play to Jose Altuve. We know what happened. It didn't happen. So there's a runner on first and second instead of two outs. So he goes to Paredes. And I, you know, I, and I don't have a problem who he went with in that particular situation because Paredes is the guy you go to, and he's been great. And you know, he has a, a a rare rough time, but I I just didn't feel like it was necessary to take Urquidy out. It wasn't fair to Paredes to put him in that situation. Um, and, and, and at that point, in such a critical time, this is still a rookie, and you know, you, you just didn't need to do that when Urquidy was pitching well. And if it was Fromber, I don't think he would have done it. It's like he he operates on Fromber what he's seen this year and doesn't take into account anything that he, that Arkini's done in the past. And it's like, that's one of my big frustrations with Dusty is that he seems to not have gone through the history of these guys and doesn't know anything. And then you ask him about it and he'll say something like he has a couple of times this year. Well, you know, I haven't had a chance to look through that or go over that or, you know, I wasn't here when that happened. It's like, you weren't here when that happened? Yeah, but there's numbers. There's guys you can ask. They're everywhere. They're in this organization. There's numbers
1: that are, you know, all over the internet. Like, figure it out, Dusty. Yeah, I was a little surprised at when he pulled the plug on R.T.D. I, I thought he could have at least let him try to finish the inning because it 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 was still a game at that point. I don't know if he's just going on the fact that, uh, you know, when you get into the sixth inning, Arquiti really doesn't, you know, he's kinda of like Zach Greinke. You you kind of he has just so many innings there, and then after that is when he starts being less effective. But I thought he could have stuck with him a little bit longer, certainly. It's still a I game. The, it was
0: one to nothing. It was still a game. Well, that's
1: what I'm saying. It was still a game. And I mean he was still ahead, so I, I just felt like he pulled him a little bit too soon. At least let him try to finish the inning. Even if he'd gotten behind two to one, let's say, it still would have been a game. And honestly, you know, that ball that was hit to Altuve, it should have been a double play, as you pointed out. So it's not like he gave up a hard-hit ball in the air that, you know, went for a single or a double or even a hard ground shot that went through for a hit. It it wasn't a bad pitch. It wasn't a bad ball that was hit. So, yeah, I, I definitely felt like he pulled the plug a little bit too soon. Uh, and getting back to Martine Maldonado, yeah, I, I mean, it, it was a curious thing in the fact that, you know, you you could say that because Archidi has a quick— throw to the plate that, you know, maybe he felt that Maldonado had needed a few innings off. He'd been a little banged up, you know, at the end of the regular season and so on and so forth. I think he did say that if Herciti came out, that Maldonado would come back in, which he eventually did. But, yeah, it's just kind of curious. I don't think I've seen where you, you don't start your catcher, but you bring him in maybe in the middle innings or late innings once your starting pitcher comes out. It is a little bit odd.
0: Yeah, it did matter because Garneau came up with a runner on first and third. And, you know, Maldonado might not have gotten a hit. But, man, he gives you a great at bat and in those critical situations. He can draw a walk. He can do some things. You know, his, his reasoning beyond manager's decision was, well, Maldonado started in seven straight, you know, playoff games. And we felt like uh, he needed a, a break or whatever, eight straight playoff, whatever it was. But the fact is, he got a break. I mean, we, we had uh, a couple of days off between... He'd only played two days in a row, and this game was the biggest... If you lose the game, you're losing the series. We know that. You, you don't go behind 0-3. And, you know, like I said, it, it might not have mattered because Maldonado might, might still have got that out with runners on first and third early in the game. But it, it, it's just... It, it was unnecessary... And you you just don't you you don't need to do that. There's there was no reason to do that.
1: Yeah, and I I, get, I think it's something else. I think he had said is that even before this series began, he was looking for an opportunity to start Garneau in Game Three, which I think is a little curious too. I mean, how can you plan that far ahead before a series even begins, not knowing you know what are you going to be? What's the situation going to be in Game Three? If let's say it was two games uh, or two games to none, the Astros were up. Yeah, maybe, but even then, I mean, you got to put the pressure on. So I don't know how you can really say that before a series that, oh, I'm going to start a backup catcher in game three or at some point in the series, not knowing what's going to happen. And yeah, he could have very easily done the same thing that Garneau did. Or You know, if if you're big guys, if, if Springer, Altuve, Correa, if they're not tying the game with a big hit, Chances are Maldonado's not going to do the same thing either. But still, just a, a kind of a head-scratching decision. You're right. And it wasn't the only
0: one. It wasn't just the Garneau and Maldonado deal. It, it wasn't just taking out Arquiti. But the worst decision that he made of the whole game was bringing in Brooks Rayleigh. And we've gone over this like 4,000 times. You don't bring in Brooks Rayleigh with guys on base because he's not a strikeout guy. He's not a make-it-make-another-team-miss-the-back kind of guy. And that's what you needed in that situation. And I mean, Peretta's hit a batter; he gave up a hit. I get it, but if you're gonna if you're gonna get rid of him, bring in somebody that can swing and miss. Bring in Scrub, but don't bring in Brooks Raley. He's not been good. And just let's let's look at the Brooks Raley numbers. And by the way, somehow Brooks Raley, according to the stats, I think he gave up zero earned runs despite uh, what he did in this game. Uh, it's called zero earned runs in this game but brooks really for this the postseason now has got a 208 whip and a batting average against of 286 and it, just look at like anoli Paretta's .43 whip uh scrub .50 whip christian javier .95 whip framer valdez 10 whip uh arqueti 110 uh McCullers, one, one. I mean, all of the young guys have performed fantastic. Brooks Raley, I don't care about veteran, whatever, like he's been around forever. It just means he's not good because he he didn't play in the major league for several of those years. And I just don't understand why he was in the game there after we've we've seen this over and over again. And it's like he, I, I judge, I judge coaches and managers like, it reminds me, Stephen, I hate to – I'm running on and on here, but I, I'm just reminded of Bill O'Brien where if you're not learning anything after you know going through it a few times, then let's move on to the next guy. And he's had 71 years to learn, and it doesn't seem like he learns much.
1: Well, maybe they need to call Romeo Cornell and just you know borrow him for – or maybe they should have. It's a little late now, I guess. Maybe they should have done it for this these last couple of games, and, and then he could go back to coaching the Texans at, you over know, the weekend. But – now, getting back to Rayleigh, I think the reason he didn't have the zero runs is because when he gave up the double to Renfro, I believe it was, who was pinch hitting, it, it was already it was charged to Paredes because the runners were on base, so oh, he wasn't going to get credit for those. Yeah, runs. I know, I know, I know. So that's, yeah, so it's that's another deceiving stat where you say, well, he hasn't given up a, any earned runs in, you know, five games. Well, the, the one game he did... He actually did, except that it was charged to someone else. That that's another stat that is kind of quirky to me, anyway.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm bringing out WHIP numbers because Anolí Paredes has the worst ERA of any Astros pitcher in the postseason, and we know he's not the worst Astros pitcher. No, we know no, he's been
1: definitely not.
0: We know he's been fantastic, and 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 Brooks Raley somehow has a better ERA him than him in the postseason. But we know how that happens. Just, I mean, with Dusty Baker, this is the other part with where. You know, I, I, I'm not an ageist guy, but he's 71 and he feels all of 71 years old when you listen to him on a daily basis, Steven. And, I, you know, I, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes and maybe he's a different guy, but I hear a guy that just sounds like tired and, you know, he's been through the wars and he's exhausted, and which is understandable. We all feel like a tired and exhausted during this year, but it it really comes through. And I I feel like this is not the kind of guy that you need when you're down O2 and an ALCS and you needed a pep talk. I don't know who was given the pep talk before the game uh, tonight, but it, it was not probably Dusty Baker because I don't think he's got that in him anymore.
1: No, you're probably right and i mean it it's been a few years since he's managed and it you know managing's a tough job even for a younger manager and i i'm not i'm with you i'm i'm not trying to say the age thing is is the reason you know you can have a younger guy in there and still not getting the job done and not motivating the team but it's just i i think it you know some of it's on dusty but i think some of it is on these these players the, the more experienced players you know these guys have been through it before and it almost kind of makes you wonder have they been here too many times? Are they becoming less hungry? Do they really, I mean, consciously they'll tell you, no, of course not. But but you have to wonder, these guys should know how to get up for these games. You you shouldn't have to have a coach in there giving you a pep talk day after day, knowing what the situation is. You've got experience. You've got a World Series ring, tainted or not. You've got four ALCS you know, four seasons in a row. But you're you saying, look, I,
0: I understand what you're saying. And, and yes, this has not been on the pitchers. But let, let's be clear about this. This pitching staff, outside of Ryan Presley and Zach Granke, most of these guys, and, and a little bit with Arquiti last year, most of these guys haven't been through
1: this four I'm or five steps. I'm talking about times. your core players. I'm talking about your Springers, your Correas, your Bregmans your altuve's those guys i'm not talking about the pitchers i'm i'm talking about the core players that make up your team the the leadership of your team should also be as instrumental in motivating getting ready for these games as the manager does these guys aren't college or high school players robert i okay i i i understand i i, I sort of knew what you were
0: meant but i'm just saying it's not it's not a whole roster and you just can't assume mentally that the pitchers are going to stay involved and it, you know, even though they have pitched well, you can't assume that. You know, now we look back on it and we're like, yeah, that looks like the pitchers did stay in it mentally. But let's remember this you know, when Altuve makes the error, it wasn't required for McCullers to give up the three run home run. Now he's a, a veteran as well. But, and when when uh, Altuve uh, makes the error I, again in this game that, that leads to the beginning, it's not required of those young guys. To start giving up runs, so yeah, I, I'm saying, you know, as a manager for this for a team, I'm talking about long term. I'm talking about in this short term situation, there there is a point of fact where I just feel like you need somebody occasionally to to be the rah rah guy and to do something, and and you can't count on a bunch of and going forward, we don't know how many veterans are going to be left. We're running out of them because. Is Springer going to be back? Is Josh Reddick going to be back? Is Michael Brantley going to be back? We're running out of those guys that have been through the wars in the next few years. And I'm talking about Dusty Baker's future, looking forward. We can't change the past. He's already managed this year, and this year is, for all intents and purposes, over with. But I'm talking about the future, and that's why I just, you know, for so many reasons, I just, I'm not a Dusty Baker fan I wasn't a Dusty Baker fan at the present because I knew his history of not managing pitching staffs very well. And and I'm not a fan of him going forward because I look at what the Astros are going forward. And and this is a young team outside of, uh, you know, three or four or five maybe core guys. It's going to be a very young team next year. And they might bring in somebody else, uh, you know, a couple, maybe another veteran or two, but you know, not not somebody that's been in, in playoffs for the last four or five years like the, all the, uh, some of these Astros have been.
1: Well, I, I'm certainly not defending Dusty's results. I mean, the, the results speak for themselves, and I'm not going to argue that point with you. I will say, and, and we talked about this when it happened, that one of the most curious things that the Astros did after four games of the 60-game season is that they picked up his option for the following year. And they were 1-3 at that point. I mean, how do you... How do you do that this early in a season that you have no idea what's going to happen? Crazy things have you know been happening left and right. And that early in the season, you're going to already pick up his option after he's managed four games. I, I still don't understand that move. So unless Dusty decides, you know what, this one year was enough for me. I just can't take it anymore. He's going to come back next year because they they decided he's going to come back next year.
0: And I also want to be clear, if people are out there listening and saying, oh, he's blaming all this on Dusty Baker. No, I'm not blaming it all on Dusty Baker. Obviously, we've gone over what's going on with Altuve. We've gone over some just piss poor luck, which we started off the whole show with. We've talked about the fact that these guys haven't come through in some of the situations that you would think of. Some of it, you know, they've hit it right at guys. And... Most of all, I've got to point out before the show ends, look, there is no, absolutely no disrespect to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, the Tampa Rays have been fantastic. They deserve this. I knew this was going to be a tough team. We saw what they did against the Astros last year. If Garrett Cole doesn't come in like Superman in Game 5 and just shut everything down, I, 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 anybody else would have gone out there. I think Tampa probably would have beat them in game five, the way they were playing the Astros in that series. And they, they've been a, an incredibly tough team. They they've got a ton of great arms. Obviously we've seen the defense. I mean, and this team is very well managed. And so I, I, I am not disappointed that the Astros lost this series. I, I am very, very concerned. Like I said, though, as far as Altuve is concerned going forward in his career and where the Astros are with Dusty Baker. Otherwise, I like where this organization is at. You know, you could say, well, um, they don't have Verlander next year, but they're going to have a great young starting pitching staff that's been fantastic in this playoffs,
1: and you could be nothing but proud of them. They are extraordinary. Absolutely, and they've done it under some, you know, very odd and unusual circumstances. But I, I think, you know, getting – you kind of hit on something that, that gave, got me to thinking, and that is I I think this is where we are seeing where the, the loss of experienced pitchers like Justin Verlander, like Garrett Cole, would have come into play in a series like this where where you really need those guys to come in and be Superman. And listen, these young pitchers have done great. They They fell apart a little bit in that inning, but, you know, that's going to happen. It's going to happen with any team and with anybody, you know. It, it just is. But this is where the experience, I think, really counts for something. And and we've said it before that the Rays, they're just a well-oiled machine. And they, they were 40 and 20 in the regular season for a reason. And they beat the Yankees for a reason. So there is nothing that we can say that it says, well, the Astros just, you know, they should have won this series. No, the Rays should win this series because they played like they should win this series. They made the plays they needed to make. Defensively, they got the timely hits and they capitalized on the Astros' mistakes. And the Astros did not. So it's very clear that the Rays simply are the better team, period. And they showed it during the regular season, too. Absolutely, absolutely. And going forward with uh, our
0: show, no post-game show for the next game, for game four. But uh, if the Astros finish things off, or well, I should say if the Rays finish things off uh, on Wednesday, then we should have a show on Thursday kind of talking about where the Astros are moving forward. If there's any to tie up loose ends wise after that game four. And then we, of course, are going to have the Texans post game on Sunday. Turns out the Titans played. So maybe they're not going to be as well rested for the Texans (laughs) coming up (laughs) this weekend. One hopes anyways that uh, that will affect them because they they look like a really darn good football team. Uh, This is going to be a a tough one for the, the Texans. But they're getting the Titans on just four days rest. So hopefully that helps them out a little bit. Stay healthy and safe, everybody. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk.